Yes, you're wrong. The podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Hello, hello. Back again with another episode. Yes, I'm so excited for this one. I've been waiting years, <laughs> decades, months. <laughs> yes. Uh, happy welcome to June. Happy Pride episode. Yeah, this will be a shocker to all of our longtime listeners, <laughs> I'm sure who uh, realized that I have been gay this whole time. What? Yes. (laughs) 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the sound effects. Thank you. That's very kind of you. I tried to hire like a 21, 29. How many guns do they salute? 21 guns? 22. 22. 24. 24. 25 guns salute. Turns out it's it's hard to find, uh, you know, that many cannons yeah. in the NYC metro area. So, <laughs> yeah. well, I ring some bells for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Wow, I'm so happy to know that about you. Honestly, I, I've had my <laughs> questions. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, obviously, Shelby is known for. Well, probably <laughs> since I met her. <laughs> but it's a journey. Okay, yes, life is a road. You got to keep true. going. It's, yeah. it, it's a road. And some of us understand that it's a road earlier than others. <laughs> but anyways, uh, you know, I've, we've obviously sort of like skirted this issue or I have throughout the, throughout the podcast, because initially I wasn't out. And then, uh, you know, more recently, I've been out to more people and then you know was posting things on social media and whatnot but we hadn't really talked about it on the podcast so i was like hey it's june it's pride month there's not really any movies (laughs) that are coming out this week what if we just did like a special episode about pride we can talk about all of our favorite lgbt movies yes you know just bask in the glory of it I love it. Honestly, I, I'm happy for you. I'm happy you got to celebrate this June so loudly and proudly. I I feel like I've been living vicariously through you. Um, is it just like all month long? Like, is it is that how it works? It's just there's a party every night, there's an event, or is that just your friend group that's like doing different things? That- I mean, <laughs> I, I think that that's basically New York. They're like, yeah. okay, <laughs> all of June, you got 30 days to just live yeah. it up. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been writing a lot of stuff for uh, BuzzFeed, for yes. Runner's World, about it. Um, but really, like, the actual, like, Pride Pride in New York is this upcoming weekend. Okay, so, that's what I thought. So, we are ge- so if you thought it was at a high notch before <laughs> this, just you wait, because we are gearing up for a wild weekend. Yes! <laughs> it's, um, the, it's the Lady Gaga TikTok bit of, it- like, club club bus <laughs> club train so do you think this no will sleep. become your event like more than halloween like are you putting more thought into like outfits looks like 
events than you do with your Halloween? Uh, well, you know, you'd know I love a friggin' theme and also yeah. <laughs> an outfit. So really, yes. I mean, I have put a lot of thought into it. I don't know if it, if anything can ever trump Halloween, but <laughs> it definitely, um, you know, is at least that level. And it's nice because Halloween and Pride are like on the opposite yeah. sides of the calendar. Yeah. So it really gives me a, a something to focus on, to fixate on, if you will, mm-hmm. for a good a good number of months um before the actual events happen yeah i love that for you honestly <laughs> thrilled mm-hmm. yeah we got uh, we got lots more wardrobe reveals uh <laughs> coming so just you wait stay tuned on the gram i can't wait i need i need previews you know you need to you need to send me some bts stuff so that i can gear up for uh you know, I, I, P.S. You're on promotion. Like, honestly. Hello. Oh, okay. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you can really, like, um, shout out all my outfits on, yeah. <laughs> on yeah. the P.S. You're on social yeah, media. Yeah, it'll page. be, like, my red carpet. Like, I'll choose which three I like best. And then be like, <laughs> uh, this was a total no for me. <laughs> Uh, what is it like the um i want to say love it or list it but that's not what it's called the (laughs) like with um what is it called where they like go through outfits and they're like this is a yes or this is an it's like there's Uh, a phrase for it it's like love it or list it but it's not that it's it's like like that they do like the fashion police will do it or whatever you know? I don't know. I don't know. Is there like a specific? Like, yes, group they're you're definitely. Of? No, there's like a phrase. There's a phrase. You know, it's not like who wore it better. I can't remember. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, sure. You can do like gay card revoked. Yeah, this this was a flop, or this was a <laughs> whatever the combination is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds closer to it. I'm sure we'll think of it halfway through here. But mm-hmm. well, that's exciting. I I feel like. Um, I yeah, I missed my opportunity to really embrace that uh side of New York. I I feel like I would have enjoyed going to Pride with you. <laughs> I mean, Shelby, there's th- you can get a plane ticket. Got to get that spirit it's, flight. Yeah. It's on Sunday. Get on the spirit. <laughs> I'm going with your brother-in-law, so I know. Uh, are you going to wear some PSU wrong merch or is that not like does that not vibe? <laughs> well, I don't think does PSU wrong have a pride collection yet? I don't think they do. Oh my gosh, you're Homophobic. right. We d- we didn't even change our logo to like have a rainbow on it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what oh was my I gosh. thinking? Uh, I and you to... call yourself an ally. <laughs> Embarrassing. Oh man, missed opportunity. Oh, you're right. I needed to match Target's pace and really up my game here. Target has so much, so much pride stuff. It's uh, and and you know it's it's tacky. It's real. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tacky group of items. But at the same time, I'm like, good for Target for like, r- like pushing this so hard, hard. But also yeah. like, uh, like yeah, yeah. Uh, is that where you're pulling your looks from? Is that um. <laughs> pride by target <laughs> well so here's the thing Tag if we're if we're gonna get into the details of these outfit combinations so i feel like sa- sunday which is like traditionally the parade although the parade isn't happening this year because of covid oh, but it's there's, not no but there oh. it's very confusing because but there's like a march and then there's like a hangout oh, and then there's like another <laughs> so anyways i feel like i'm we're not there's not a parade, but we're like pretending sort of right, that there right. is. So, so that outfit is, you know, very like rainbow 
themed, if mm. you will. Um, so I did pull a piece from the Tarte collection for that. However, the rest of the outfits for the week are not like rainbow themed. They're just mm. like cute. Oh, okay. Okay. Or perfect. that's the goal. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll let you know. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> Well, I mean, I was I was getting ready for this episode and thinking about like um queer representation in films and TV, especially from my childhood. And um I I I feel like we'd probably be similar in that I grew up in a pretty uh conservative religious community background, whatever. Oh, yeah. And um on top of that, I feel like, you know, there's always been limitations in especially like children's film and family friendly mm-hmm. films where it's still an uphill battle to get like representation. <laughs> I mean, you look at people's reaction to like uh, Cruella and it's like, how did this ruin your quote unquote childhood about the murdering the puppy murderer? If there's a queer character in here or, <laughs> yes. a barely or the queer Star Wars win where there's like a gay couple kissing in the far background. If you look closely yes. enough. <laughs> Mm-hmm. those are victories so you're welcome um but i was curious like how how what did you pull from what did you think of or are, are we gonna get into um sexual awakening stuff or is this just oh like, yeah queer? well yeah i mean now we finally can't after all of shelby's like oh well what about the sexual awakening me like i'm up, 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 up. <laughs> like matt why can't you tell me what what cartoon character you were into and you're like uh. i'm like my mic just froze yeah. <laughs> um yeah i mean i agree like growing up there was not a lot of queer representation on television or movies or you know at least in the middle of nowhere michigan anywhere mm-hmm. and yeah like even the shows that were I feel like the only place that it really ha- happened was like reality TV maybe mm-hmm. because um because there was that like dramatic sort of side to like oh we'll put like a gay person on a <laughs> on a show with like someone who's never met a gay person before and then like we'll see the drama when the when the straight person's like wow you are an actual human like I can be friends <laughs> with you um would shock I know so it's like I feel like that was like if there was representation like as a kid or me watching things, it was all just like, Oh, like there's a gay person at survivor. Oh, there's like mm-hmm. a gay person on amazing race mm-hmm. because yeah, there wasn't like, there wasn't very much representation on TV. Otherwise for one of my articles that I wrote for Buzzfeed was like, um, was talking about LGBT shows that are on Peacock. Mm. And so I was, and so they were like, okay, like you can go through Peacock and like pick whatever shows you want to write about. And we would like you to write about 30 of them. And I was like scraping the bottom (laughs) of the barrel and barely got to 17. And it's crazy because Peacock has all of these shows that were massive hits that ran for seasons. And you're like, there has to be a gay character. There has to be a gay plot line. There has to be something. And Mm. it's like, no, like a show can run for 12 years and have 22 episodes a year. And it's like, there's not a single spot in there that's uh, that's LGBT. So something like friends where it's pretty anti, (laughs) pretty horrifically not positive. (laughs) Yes. So yeah, I mean, we did have Mulan, and I felt like you know, looking back, there's some uh, uh, bi undertones to um, uh, her love interest, whose uh, name I yes. just forgot. Well, and I and and I feel like that came up on the podcast at one point, and I was like, "What?" Like oh, that yeah. sailed right <laughs> over my head. Yeah, it was things like 
like I was trying to look up because I feel like there must be lists somewhere where it's like characters that aren't gay but feel gay, you know? Well, it's like and, SpongeBob. Um, yeah. Oh, well, like he's out now, right? Bert and Ernie. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess there was. The girl from Rocket Power. Oh, yeah. Uh, Cadet Kelly, I think she got, uh, she got oh, a nod. Okay. Um, I don't know if you were into that. Uh, it was the Ren from Even Stevens plays this really. Okay, that that makes sense. I thought yeah. Jack Kelly was. <laughs> you get it. <laughs> I thought I thought that was Hillary Duff, or were they? Yeah, together? yeah, yeah. No, yeah. So Jack Kelly is Hillary Duff, but she played Rin Stevens plays sort of the tough um, trainer who's like, oh, okay, I can't take your frilly nonsense, but there's some <laughs> sexual tension there. That's <laughs> oh my, you know, <laughs> if you're thirsty for it, I guess it's it's there if you're looking for it. Um, but yeah, I was trying to like think of other ones like that. But really, the other one that uh, I remember watching as a kid was my best friend's wedding, and um, there's a there's a great guy in that. So <laughs> victory. I don't think I saw that. I don't think I've seen that movie. There's oh, like really? there's like six of those like eighties nineties rom coms that all have the word wedding in them that I haven't oh, seen. Yeah. That I get it's like the wedding planner for mm, weddings and I a funeral. It. My best friends wed- and then like Love which it. who's in this one? What's <laughs> which one's which? Is Gen- Jennifer Lopez is somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> well, my best friend's wedding is the. Um, oh my gosh, uh, I'm too tired for this. What is her name? Ocean's Eleven. That's Julia how Roberts. you'll know her, Julia Roberts. It's That's how first I'll know ones, her. Yeah, it's the only Julia Roberts movie I've ever seen. I mean, oh, to be fair, I'm pretty sure you like have a quote from that movie in your bio. I do. Um, so, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so don't hate me just because I know you. Okay. 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 <laughs> but it's a sweet one, and she has sort of the token gay best friend. But he has a fun role in it. So I guess I. I mean, I haven't wrestled with if that was a problematic show of a, and I don't know if the actor himself is gay. <laughs> I don't know. I should have done my research before this episode. Well, who is it? Who's the actor? We can oh look gosh, it up right now. I don't even remember. Okay, wait. What's the What's the movie called? My best. <laughs> my best friend's wedding. wedding. Okay. My best. He has. Friend's he steals wedding. the show. It's honestly, he's so good. Dermot Mulroney. Dermot Mulroney. Yeah. Oh no no no, no 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 no. That's Everett. the love Rupert Everett. Rupert, Rupert Everett. Everett is gay. Oh, okay, yes. perfect. So it's like a perfect film. There's no flaws to it except <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, except I, the 1997. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a it's a fun time. I I rewatched it recently. I was more focused on the issues around um, Cameron Diaz's character, who plays like a 20 year old that Dermot is dating and engaged to and marrying, even though they're the ripe old age of like 28. I think is the so anyways it's a whole thing we could do a whole episode about my best friend's wedding because there's a lot of thoughts percolating but that was a case that stood out to me <laughs> this past thanksgiving i was with a bunch of friends and we were watching or i had never seen it but they were like putting on um the family stone oh, with sarah wow. jessica parker and like yeah. Diane Keaton, and they were like oh this is such a good thanksgiving movie oh, and it started gosh. and sarah jessica parker was like kind of annoying and one of my yeah. friends was like was like everybody gives like Sarah Jessica Parker a bad rap in this movie, but she's like really not that bad. And then we're watching it, it's like, oh my gosh, the things that she says in that film are so problematic. And you're expected to like her as like the main character. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But it's there, a wi- the- that whole movie is wild to me that it got made when it did. Cause it's like 
It's not like that old. I mean, I guess it's like mid to late 2000s. We're so old now. But it was a weird movie and it was not entertaining. But there's a lot of big stars in it. I mean, Diane Keaton, obviously. I think Rachel McAdams pops up, doesn't she? Yes, Rachel McAdams is in it. The The part that I liked was that there is, that like, basically everybody is a shit show in the entire family except yeah. for the gay brother who's married. And, <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> Representation. And I was like, okay, this makes sense. Um, and Diane Keaton's like, I wish all my children were gay. And I was like, okay, also makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And Sarah Jessica Parker's like, mm, that's rude. And Sarah Jessica like, Parker's oh. like, why would you ever want a gay child? <laughs> yikes uh yeah no that is a that's a rough one and that's why i'm not watching sex in the city everybody because (laughs) standards yeah (laughs) lots of reasons to skip out on that one honestly but i i feel like there's been a lot more um queer representation obviously recently so do you have any any favorites do you have uh, a list of ones that passed your uh, your test well, I feel like we've talked about this on the podcast before, but the movie Dating Amber, which came out this past mm, year, which was so one of cute. our favorites, was I felt like was very, very good and resonated with me a lot. Um, That's very you cute. know, and and a, a weird thing that like sort of accidentally happened was that somehow or another, me growing up like as a you know, small little closeted gay boy became friends with multiple like small little closeted lesbian girls. And so, and so now I just have all of these random friends who are lesbians, like un like unintentionally, but that's just how it worked. So when I was watching dating Amber, I was watching it with one of my friends who is, who is a lesbian, like virtually. And we were like, Oh my gosh, like this is uh this is classic us. Like, just you know, it was a- very sweet. Mm-hmm. It was very cute. I feel like um, when it came out, I think we may have talked about this a little bit. I honestly don't remember when it came out, but Love, Simon um, was like a big deal because it was the first like gay YA character, whatever, major release. Mm -hmm. And I like really, I watched it at the time. I loved it. I thought it was really moving and sweet. I've obviously since been able to read some of the criticism of it and like see how Mm -hmm. it's very much a specific type of coming out story about a very specific type of gay kid um but i feel like i mean movies like that are sadly like small victories like like i said i grew up in a really really conservative environment and i feel like it was an effort to just move the needle slightly so and so and um i have a brother who's in the lgbt community and i think what helped my, I mean, it's weird to talk about this, but I don't think they listen, so it's okay. But my parents are like <laughs> able to kind of embrace him more easily and naturally as they were able to, you know, see these movies that humanize mm-hmm. gay people. And it sounds silly to say because it shouldn't be such a hard thing to wrestle with. But I do feel like it's similar to the criticisms that like In the Heights gets where it doesn't quite scratch every itch and there are issues within its own community it's representing and you know progress means wrestling with that and doing better next time um but i do feel like movies like love simon were meaningful and i i felt like i still enjoy it but i'm curious do you feel like things like that i don't know how how did you like it (laughs) i liked love simon um i 
And I thought it was very cute and very fun. I mean, for me, I think the thing that was sort of tricky about Love, Simon was just like how well everything went for Simon. Like his parents were so accepting, his friends were so accepting in general that like that wasn't necessarily my uh, journey. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's an impulse, especially like when you are a part of the kind of like community that we are, where it's like you're online, you're, you're reading these think pieces from people who are like super aware, super on high alert, like very into the nuances of like gender theory and um, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the LGBT community and, and just all of these sort of like little facets where you're like, Oh, like we, we need to stop seeing like just the gay best friend. Like that is, you know, sort of, um, like diminishes gay people or, or yeah, we, with love Simon, like it's too easy. It's too, um, you know, uh, like it, like it only speaks to like one very privileged community set. And on one hand, like I obviously agree with that because you want to like push past that. But at the same time, if you, if you Google, you know, like lists of, Oh, like the best LGBT movies, Mm -hmm. it's like, there's not that many. And the lists are like the same, you know, it's like Moonlight and Mm -hmm. Boy Erased and Brokeback Mountain. It's like, it's not, I feel like to a certain extent, we're not at a point yet where we can really start like um, saying like, okay, yeah, we don't want these. It's like really like anything I think that is going to push the needle as far as representation is good for the most part. I mean, obviously like there's exceptions to that, like such mm-hmm. as the prom. Um, <laughs> but what? James Gordon, he's an ally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's something. Um <laughs> But yeah, I think I think that you know, sometimes especially as someone who grew up in like rural Michigan and didn't have access to a lot of this and still knows a lot of people who who aren't like very up to date on pop culture or don't know things. Like I was talking to my brother on the phone the other day and he was and and I was telling him about Pride and he was like, "Wait, what is this?" I was like, "Uh, like I thought everybody knew what this was, but apparently like this is not like fully disseminated to the masses yet." Yeah. Right. So when there's people who are still like um like sort of like unaware about some of these mm-hmm. issues, I think it is important just to have things like Love Simon that are out there in the mainstream for people to watch, and I especially think it's really important in the case of Love Simon for people who are growing up to have this mm-hmm. because if you're a 12-year-old, 13-year-old, I mean some some of those kids are very very woke and very on top of all of this stuff, but a lot of them, you know, are in households or communities where they're not getting a lot of good information or a lot of support so just to be able to see themselves on screen in any way shape or form is really helpful like mm-hmm. um like this past year when happiest season came out yeah. uh, the you know like lesbian christmas movie there was sort of like a lot of backlash to that i feel like within the lgbt community because the um oh shoot what's her name mackenzie claire mackenzie the main girl in that yeah. who's not Kristen Stewart is like, she's closeted. She's, um, you know, she's not in communication with her or she, she's not telling her family that she's a lesbian. She's bringing her girlfriend home for Thanksgiving <laughs> or for Christmas, but she's like re- making her like sort of go back in the closet. And mm. she's, and she was sort of like, I feel like maligned in general for, for being this way, but watching this, 
that movie myself, I was like, I understand this character really well. Like, I think it's really easy if you grew up in like, you know, Connecticut to like a very liberal family and, you know, were able to come out in high school to look at this and go like, this woman is a terrible person. (laughs) But if you're coming from someplace that's more rural or from a more conservative background or a more religious background, it's like, this makes total sense why she's not telling her family. Like, it's not necessarily like emotionally safe for her to do that. And if she does, she's going to like sever this whole, you know, community that she has, whether they're good or bad um so i don't know yeah sometimes when like i appreciate all of the criticism but also sometimes i'm like i think this criticism is helpful for like a certain group of people but is unhelpful for another group of people Mm -hmm. who like quite aren't as far down the road yeah 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 i mean i think about like like i like i i loved like titus in um the unbreakable kimmy schmidt and how fun and like mm-hmm. oh my gosh so colorful so funny he has the best lines in the show he steals every scene he's in but he's not really like a full-fledged like <laughs> human he's very much a trope but right. then you get like you you move a little further down the lo- line and then suddenly you have something like Shit's creek where um david as a character is allowed to exist in a completely beautifully um tolerant world where it's just a total non-issue how he prescribes himself and what he wants and and i think that relationship was such a powerful testament to um sort of the possibilities of how how relationships don't have to be tropey they don't have to be sad they don't have to be toxic um but that it can just exist and feel real and natural and hopefully that alone can like speak to a lot of people because i think you know, I had friends who were like, yeah, my husband was kind of homophobic and we, I got him to watch the show and like, wow, it really helped him. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. they, they sneak you in. Right. Cause he's like such a likable guy. And then it's like later in the season, it's like, Oh, huh. That's how he feels. And it's like, you know, I, I don't think it's, I think he just exists. And if you're not, if you're clueless, then maybe it goes, you know, the, the subtext is there, but um, <laughs> I think they do a really good job of navigating like, that portrayal and it feels like such a real character that it doesn't feel like some sort of trope that people can either poke fun of or roll their eyes at or be like oh yeah that's gay people you know it it just it it kind of made I I felt like it spoke to a lot of people especially in my community where they were like oh wow (laughs) which was so sad but I'm glad it exists and they did such a good job anyways I love that's no, yeah, character. I feel that too. Well, as David and Patrick both are so yeah. great, and then you, you're, I feel like you just can't help yourself but like root for their romance. It's the mm-hmm. best part of the show, and mm-hmm. so yeah, you have these people who might not know a lot of gay people or you know sort of homophobic, and then they're watching this, and now all of a sudden they're rooting for David and Patrick, and so then going back out into the real world, they have like less of a stigma for mm-hmm. LGBT people, and it's like. Perfect. Great. That's what we are looking for. And also Schitt's Creek is just so funny and wonderfully (laughs) done anyways. It works out. Same with like Booksmart. Like I feel like there's, there's more and more TV or Stranger Things season three. Like there's more and more television and movies that allow characters to just be characters without it being like the main storyline, but also not making them like a, like a side, like a side circus character piece. Like it's like, Mm -hmm. I think those are really like some of my favorite iterations because it just, I don't know. I think I struggle with some of these more bigger, you know, movies like 
like you said, Brokeback Mountain, Moonlight. These are the big movies you get when you Google like, oh, queer representation in films. And they're really heavy and sad and traumatic. And for good reason, they're representing a very heavy and sad and traumatic side of um, queer culture where they haven't been allowed to be themselves. And I think there's definitely space for that. But I like that similar to how we present, you know, uh, racism and, and people of color in films, there's more and more space for the joy to come out too, and just the sheer existence, you know, it doesn't have to be this soul crushing, <laughs> heart rending, um, sad story that we just cry over and move on from. But instead, they're just people that feel real that you'd interact with. And you're like, Oh, wow, <laughs> people be people. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think I like how more and more now too, it's like, you just have a character, like the main character just happens to be gay. Like it's not a plot point. It's not anything that's like with the movie. I care a lot. I feel like we had that where Rosamund Pike's character is a lesbian, but that's not a, that's not like the point of the movie. That's not really even a plot point. It's just like, Oh, in a lot of movies, the main character has a love interest of some variety or a wife or a whatever. And now it's like, Oh, it just happens to be a queer relationship rather than a straight relationship. And Mm -hmm. that's, And that's exciting to see. And I feel like we're seeing more of that now where, you know, it's just like, oh, the neighbors are gay or the whatever. And it's not like a big deal. Or even like in, um, in your favorite, um, the old guard where it's like, there's Mm -hmm. just like this random, like gay couple in the middle of it. It's like, perfect. Great. Love it. It's not really like a plot point, but it's just like there because, you know, there's, people who are gay in real life so yeah why wouldn't there be here <laughs> yeah and it's not played for like lazy laughs or homophobic jokes like it's just uh, these are just people uh, you're gonna run right. into them <laughs> right <laughs> they're not like it. they're not like yes queen shoot that yeah. gun slay <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i'd welcome that too um but yeah i i just read a book um well, Red, White, and Royal Blue was one of my favorite books from like 2019. And that's like, uh, it's by Casey McQuist? Something like that. McQuist. Mick something with the Q. Yeah. Okay. Um, it was a huge deal, a big book. Uh, it's like about a prince who falls in love with the son of the US president. And it's like delightful and I love it so much. But she just came out with another book, which is called One Last Stop. And it's kind of this like surreal, magical realism, like weird, weird book. But I really liked it. And one thing that like worked well is that it was just like, it was about a bisexual girl falling in love with a lesbian. And but it was never like, let's have a sit down and like, I'm going to tell you that I'm bi and this is my come out journey and like how this all happened. It was just like, you just like picked up 30, 40 pages in whatever it was that she was into women. And it was just like, I loved how revolutionarily simple it just portrayed the queer community because she interacts with all these different people and, you know, drag queens and transgender roommates and all this sort of stuff. And and yet it never is a thing, like a capital T thing. It's just like, oh, here's a little detail if you were curious. But it wasn't, I really thought I like that. I feel like it, you know, because so much of media is about the otherism where it's the white 
male central gaze and it's how anyone else relates to them that Mm -hmm. is picked apart and analyzed. But now there's just so much media that's coming out that feels much more naturally inclined to just allow different people and viewpoints and lifestyles and whatever to just exist. And it feels so natural and kind of unremarkable that that's what makes it remarkable. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And also I feel like the, um, like we've obviously had some form of like gay representation and lesbian representation for, you know, a while, but I feel like transgender representation, Mm -hmm. there has basically been like none of until very recently. So it's sort of nice to finally also see that like very slowly, but you know, creeping in in some ways. Um, Like I watched the movie Tangerine last year, which is about transgender sex workers in Los Angeles and is sort of a depressing movie in some ways, but is also like a very fun and lighthearted movie and Mm -hmm. stars actual transgender actresses. And it was, yeah, it's just exciting to see people and studios and, and, you know, production companies sort of like okay like yes like we are like trying to move in this way like slowly but surely and hopefully more and more and more as we go on but it's like it's nice to kind of see that representation poking through now yeah and um love victor season two have you been watching <laughs> no i haven't is it good did you watch I haven't it watched it i i feel like i should the first but... season was sort of like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so i really just haven't had the like impulse and then like we said you know i'm on in a 30 day like um <laughs> a holiday season so i don't yeah, really have a, a ton of time <laughs> i'm busier now than i am i've ever been at christmas <laughs> well you've been doing all this research for buzzfeed so i'm curious um you know whether or not your opinions on buzzfeed are actually your true opinions uh mm-hmm. were there some some real favorites that you want to highlight or some real things you you recommend to people <laughs> yeah i mean so i i don't think we've talked about this on the podcast before or maybe we did sort of briefly but i i think it was the, maybe the year after call me by your name i feel like the movie boy erased did not yeah. get very much attention when it came out or it was I don't, like it didn't get a lot of awards attention. Yeah. It, it it sort of just like came and went. And I went and saw that movie like by myself in a movie theater in New York. I was like, this is oh going to be a, tra- <laughs> this is going to be a traumatic event. Like I got, I, I cannot go with somebody else. Or I'm just going to be weeping the whole time. <laughs> Did weep the whole time. Um, yeah. But I just found it, especially as someone who grew up in like a very conservative religious background. And then watching this movie about this, pastor's son in the south who gets sent to conversion therapy and sort of like just his relationship with his parents and then eventually him being able to like move to new york and like find the like find romance like find the the life that he like always wanted but didn't even necessarily know he wanted like Mm -hmm. really i felt like mimicked my journey in a lot of big ways and so when i was watching that movie i was like oh my gosh like this is this is incredible and everybody should watch this. And I realized that it's not like, it's sort of depressing and not as um, like fun as like calling it by your name <laughs> is necessarily. But I feel like that is that one of my good. favorite like LGBT movies for sure. Yeah. I think similarly, um, Portrait of a Lady on Fire like still mm-hmm. really resonated with me. I think because one, it also dealt a lot with sexism and sort of the feminist lens. Mm-hmm. And um 
I think that relationship just felt so real and natural and non-sexual. Like, I mean, non-male gazy. <laughs> that mm-hmm. it, I think that's another one that obviously a lot of people love that. And it was it, it was up for a ton of awards and stuff. But I think that's one I, I recommend to people too, even though it too is ultra depressing. <laughs> uh pretty pretty sad indeed you know any of those historical uh dramas around uh queer relationships don't tend to end well unfortunately mm-hmm. but um that was one i loved i never watched ammonite did you i didn't either i heard yeah. it wasn't good and so i just yeah. like never quite got around to it but sorry <laughs> yeah i heard it was like not as good as portrait of a lady on fire so i was like okay yeah it's hard to compete with that so. but i do love sir Ronan. um Another thing that I feel like I have been thinking about more recently and feel like is really important is sort of like paying respect to like the generation of people who came before us, who really Mm. did like a lot of the hard work paving the way, because for as difficult as it is to be a queer person today and, you know, to come out, it was significantly more difficult. And the, like the adversity was way more, you know, even like 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. Um, And so one of the movies that, I watched this documentary called Paris is Burning, which is all mm. about sort of like the ballroom, like drag culture in New York back in the 90s in the AIDS epidemic. And the movie like has a lot of joy. It's a lot of fun. It's following, you know, these young people who are in sort of like the gay community in New York back in the 90s. But it is so sad when you kind of like get to the end of it and like look up these people online and realize that almost every single one of them has passed away either because they were like murdered under suspicious circumstances because they were gay or transgender because they died in the AIDS epidemic. Like just the sort of history I feel like of the queer culture is it's just like it's so important to know and like respect that and then I think knowing what they did help or at least for me really like motivates me to try to be a good example and to um you know like push for things Mm -hmm. in like currently for the next generation to come because like people made it easier for me so now like I have to do my part for like the next group of people along the line so sure Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think that speaks to another issue with queer representation is that not all of it's good. You know, like thinking of Stonewall, that 2015 movie that I think yes. has like 8% mm-hmm. on Rotten Tomatoes, yes. and like whitewashed and honestly straightwashed um, the Stonewall riots. It's like it, it was made by a white guy who I think is straight. I guess I shouldn't speak to that. But um, it, it's like it, there wasn't care or, or thought put into the actual stories of these people. And I think um, that speaks a lot to the importance of diversity behind the scenes as well. And just the people who are telling these stories, because otherwise you get movies like um, Bohemian Rhapsody. So oh yikes! <laughs> be yeah. careful what you wish for. And I think obviously those work for some people, but, and I guess it's, it's good that there's some, in for them somewhere but I think yeah there's always room to be better and to learn better and I think those are some where you're like hmm who made this and why and what did they uh get wrong and who's profiting from this story now and um yeah because there's a lot of good stories out there like rich histories that are worthy of being told on the big screen or in books or tv or whatever it is um 
but it's important to be cautious of who's who's getting to tell those stories. Well, I mean, like we talked about briefly earlier, but like the prom was just a disaster. <laughs> yeah. Like it was so bad. James Corden, who's not gay, is like playing this very stereotypical gay person. The uh, like just the whole everything about it, even though it's like supposed to be celebrating the LGBT community feels like very pandering and like Mm -hmm. not realistic. And yeah, you're just like not getting a good like picture of it on top of the fact that they gave this role to a straight guy when it's like, okay, (laughs) it's, it's very Hollywood history is full of straight people playing gay people. Mm -hmm. It is not very full of gay people playing straight people. So it's like, if you have a gay role, give it to a gay person, please. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Uh, yeah. There's always room to do better. And I feel like we talk about that a lot in a lot of ways on this podcast because it's crazy what people are still getting away with, even with like the prom, which was made last year. And it, it's like, how did you not think this would go badly? You know, it's like, <laughs> what was your plan here? Well, um, and it was a big budget film, like yeah. made, like produced by Ryan Murphy, who is gay, like starring a bunch of people who would, I feel like would consider themselves allies. And yet still, it's just like, Ugh. yeah, yeah. Well, um, as we wrap up and, you know, or as June wraps up too, uh, do you have any major, uh, I don't know give uh, recommendations for our listeners of what to <laughs> what to watch you're the expert i mean you have a 30 list list of 30 things on every platform i feel like <laughs> yeah i mean basically um so i feel like my favorite thing currently that i'm recommending to people is sex education mm. which is just such a good show not just for the lgbt angle of it although that is great but you know it's about all of these kids who are in high school and sort of like trying to figure out their sexualities like sex in general gender all all these things and the plots are really good and it's really funny and it's very heartwarming but it really tackles a lot of issues that i feel like other shows are not addressing at all and looks at them in a very like serious but also fun way and I feel like everybody I know who has watched it just raves about it. I don't know of anyone who doesn't like the show. And their third season, I think, is coming out like at the end of the summer or um, early fall. So I'm really excited about that. And then also, I mean, this is like very stereotypical, I feel like. But <laughs> I love RuPaul's Drag Race. And- yes. And like the new season, there's a new all-star season of that coming out, but th- truly there's always a season. They're like, they're, I think Spain is happening right now. And then mm. the, the UK version is coming back. So there's always stuff with that. But as stereotypical as it is, I really appreciate Drag Race a lot because it, at least for me, you know, it, it, you're every season you're seeing all of these different, um, you know, LGBT people, and they talk a lot in the season about like their various journeys and, you know, their families and coming out and, and, you know, some of them are really good stories. Some of them are really bad stories. Some of them have good, you know, relationships with their upbringing. Some of them don't, but it's very, it was very cool for me at least to like see all of these different like pictures of what like uh, queer people can look like. And now, especially in the last couple seasons, it's become a little bit more inclusive. So there's like some transgender people, some two spirit people. Um, So it's, it's even more fun, I think, to get to learn about all of these, you know, like very real people. They're not fictional. They're not made up. They're people who've like lived real lives and they're sharing their stories. 
Have and then watched... also you get to watch lip syncs. So yeah, <laughs> win win. Have you watched Pose? I haven't, but it's like on my list. I, I really know, want to. Too. I've heard it's great. We're such fakes. I know. There's I, just I, too I keep much television. To. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like there's only so many things I can watch. Oh, I know. Um, and if there's anyone out there who hasn't given Shit's Creek a try, I have to recommend it again. Like I really. Oh do. yes. I, mm-hmm. I really like that they, they decided to intentionally never have any homophobia in the community. They they never like, no one ever questions um, David or Patrick or who they are or whatever. And I think that's such a healthy way to introduce people to engaging with, uh, with the queer community because it doesn't have to be a thing. These are people. And, uh, you know, it's like, wow, who would have thought that? But I think it's such a funny show. And it also happens to navigate a really like beautiful safe space that just feels mm-hmm. like utopic and and i'd love to live there honestly oh, well i mean you can move there it's where is it indiana <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I guess i shouldn't say i want to live in schitt's creek itself but it, it, the community's not bad <laughs> in the world you want to live in houston but in yeah. the schitt's creek universe <laughs> if everyone gotcha. could just catch up and we could get to that point then that'd be great yes mm-hmm, mm. mm-hmm. i agree i agree i'll move there with you um <laughs> Well, perfect. This was a fun episode. I'm glad we got to do this and talk through all of our faves before next week where I have to, you know, really butch it up and go watch F9 (laughs) in theaters. So, Well, maybe our bonus episode on our Patreon could be like talking about our sexual awakenings in our childhood. I think that would be a fun one to really break down the psychology of of what you're doing. Oh, yes. Yes. Let me me unpack that. Yeah. We can talk about Spy Kids and Asian Cuddy Banks and, you know, all No spoilers, yeah. Yeah, Okay, 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 okay. Well, happy Pride, Matt. Um, Thank you so much for uh, trusting me and all our listeners with your your truth. I I really am so glad that you (laughs) could come out to me on this episode. What a shock, what a twist. I know, you never saw it coming. Yeah. Wild. uh well yes thank thanks for letting me do this and um yeah you know we have the patreon we have social media you can follow us at psu Ron. you can follow me on social media if you want to see all of the, the, the outfits or whatever yeah, and whatever yeah. deranged uh buzzfeed stories i have coming your way um and yeah leave us a review you can send us an email at psurong at gmail.com and we'll be back next week to talk about the fast and the furious (laughs) bye everybody